2: This is Late Tea Time, the golf betting podcast that finds the best betting value closer to the first shot being struck than anyone else.
1: Hello everybody, late tea time podders around the world, good to have you back. We're back in a kind of normal slot on a Wednesday for once, My first time for a while, um, but we've got two very special weeks ahead of us. We uh, start off um, talking today about the Solheim Cup, which is the uh, Ryder Cup for women, then the Ryder Cup for men is next week, so uh, two exciting weeks of uh, team golf um, on the horizon. And as you can you see on the screen, if you're watching the video, obviously if you listen to the audio um, later, you won't see their little faces, but I'm joined by my usual um, co-host Dave Tindall, hello dave hello james how are you i'm all right thank you how are you yeah we, we did quite well last week we did it in we did it at halfway last week
0: and we had john rahm at 12 to one who finished runner-up um so that got returned and we also did cam davis at 16 to yes. one at halfway at the fourth net at yeah at 16s and he finished um and he got a place money as well so yeah
1: a profitable week We've had a good few weeks, actually. I think on the uh, late tea time pods. So hopefully, the regulars have uh, have benefited as a result of his gamble responsibly. Of course, everybody and, and down the bottom of my screen, anyway, is uh, a returning guest. He comes on every now and again when DT has a holiday. Uh, Matt Cooper, hello, welcome back.
2: Buenos dias, James. I'm, Hola. I'm. yes, I'm actually in Spain for the Solheim Cup. So. I'm coming live from Marbella, uh, from an apartment in Marbella, um, not too far away from the uh, to, from Mediterranean Sea and looking forward to a week uh, with Europe hoping to retain the Salaam Cup.
1: Well, when you popped up on my screen before we went live, I commented on your very tanned cheeks there. You look uh, <laughs> look very healthy today.
2: Yes, I had, had a very nice day yesterday in Malaga, walking up um, the hill to the fort and the the uh, Alcazaba, I think they call it, which is like a sort of Alhambra in Malaga, made my way down to Marbella today. Uh, I was saying to you guys earlier, I'm very fond of this place because I'm a big fan of RV Design Pet. And this is where the boys ended up when they came and helped build uh, Ali Fraser's um, swimming pool. And Ali Fraser played a bit of golf, uh, a course called uh, Cosa Las Brisas, which once hosted a European tour event. So it's um, there's quite a few links down here. You learn
1: all sorts of things on the late tea time podcast, don't you? Um, so if you, so basically, if the bets don't come off for you this week, you've always got the chance to get some labour work on the on the building site. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for.
2: This is late tea time, the golf betting podcast.
0: We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will
2: I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it
1: now with Game Pass. Let's start off with the uh, Solheim Cup. We're also going to look at the, uh, the tournament in France later as well. DT's got maybe a couple of tips on that one too, but Solheim Cup is where it's at for us at the moment i'll put the uh uh, the prices as i saw them this afternoon on the uh, screen there europe just favorites evens to uh, win the thing Uh, usa 13 to 10 the draw is 12 to 1 to lift the trophy without the draw involved um europe 19 to 20 usa 16 to 5 and there's a whole host of correct score markets going across the bottom of the screen there matt seemingly europe are just the favorites there is that just because of home advantage or have they got the better side
2: it's a, it's a bit, uh, a little bit of, of, of everything, I think. In recent years, they've had the strength. They've won four of the last six. They really should have won five of the last six. Um, it was only extraordinary circumstances that meant they, they didn't win five, if you remember, in 2015. Europe had america absolutely on the ropes and this year's captain suzanne peterson knew that she hadn't given one of the american players a gimme on the 17th it was being replayed it was the final sessions of um of the pairs matches from the saturday lingered on into the sunday and uh, this player Alison lee she'd she given herself a couple of gimmies already and there was, there was a bit of grumbling within the european team suzanne peterson took exception on the 17th and as you watched watched it uh, people had head in their hands because They knew that Suzanne Pedersen was in her right to be quite irritated by what had been going on, but also are well aware that, as with the Ryder Cup, so it is with the Solan Cup, the last thing you ever want to do is ignite moral indignation in the opposition. And the Americans used that situation perfectly. I mean, I, I know for a fact I saw one of the Americans in tears at the start of that session. So much were they getting thumped, but that gave them like that really stirred the fire in the belly, and they came back and were absolutely fantastic in the singles and won it when when they were absolutely flat on the ropes. So, um, uh, but otherwise, Europe had been really strong. They like I say the one. Four of the last six, and there's a weird echo of when the Ryder Cup went to Valderrama for the first time. Uh, well, it came to Spain for the first time, very close to here. Um, in that Europe had lifted the Ryder Cup in four of the previous six. There's a bit of a bit of a twist there because they tied one of them, but had retained the trophy. And the same things happened this time. I and then you, you said, is that the only factor? The the home advantage. The home advantage is a big advantage. But I think the team's just about a little bit stronger. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. I think the course this week is going to, is very, very hilly. It's going to really test the fitness and the, the depth in the squads. And at first glance, you look at the American and you see they've got a, a lot of good um, youngsters and rookies on the team. And you think that indicates his depth there. But weirdly, I think it's kind of cockeyed this year. I think the strength's there. And then a couple of the veterans are not that strong. And that's actually where the... The strength is lacking in depth, and hopefully that's what what Europe's, um, you know, uh, trump card is going to be. All that said, I think there was a bit of a weakness down at the bottom of the European card, but there's a, there's, a, there's enough players in that team that are experienced and in good form as well.
1: Well, regular viewers of this um, will know, and you two very much know, I am kind of like the floating golf fan on this. Uh, I rely on DT's wisdom and yours every now and again, Matt. But uh, as somebody that's kind of doesn't really see the Salon Cup very often, two questions really. The home advantage we see in the Ryder Cup, I watched that, religiously and there's always huge crowds there will we get big crowds for this one will it be quite as an intimidating an atmosphere and the second subject um, question to that is uh, for people that don't really watch women's golf very much who are the
2: stars on each team right okay I'll deal with the first one they're hopeful of big squad uh, big crowds Um, I'm not entirely convinced they won't be they won't be massive I think the first tee is going to be exceptionally dramatic yeah. um, because it's the normal fourth hole of this golf course but it's a, it's a short path forward down a hill with a, a, a lake on the left hand side the green is reachable I don't think they'll be going for it in the foursomes and possibly on the singles but in the four balls they will do but what's really dramatic about it is the tee box is on this sort of scree at the top of the hill and I've I've stood on that tee and looked at the ground where they going have to build this grandstand and I can tell you it's going to be dramatic but there's not there's not a chance I'm going to go in that grandstand because it just looks absolutely terrifying. The notion of putting thousands of people on a temporary structure on a piece of rock that looks really unsteady is is not my idea of fun. I will watch it from afar and enjoy the reverberations that come. But it reminds me a little bit of you know at the top of a, a ski slope when the the, the skiers are going that countdown and then they just descend down the hill, and also a bit like when a, a roller coaster is at the top of the of the peak oh. and it's about to descend. The course itself really is a roller coaster in in. in in fashion because it swoops down and then climbs up so it's absolutely barking mad piece of property you know how when you go to you know when you go to the the lynx land of britain and and ireland and people say oh they've picked all the best pieces of land for golf courses when you drive from malaga down to marbella you look at all these golf courses and they're on the most barking mad bits of land you've ever seen it's like you think nobody in the right mind would put a golf course on these plots of land they needed a lot of money and very clever designers to do it and this is this is an example of that And that's going to make it difficult for the big crowds because a lot of them are just not going to be able to... They're not going to be able to um, walk around 36 holes of this really, really tough um, course. Ewan Murray's already tweeted from the Guardian golf writer that it's one of the toughest walks he's ever experienced. And the very first person I saw... In Marbella, who was wearing Solheim Cup supporting gear, actually walked past me with a limp and was wincing, and, and I was literally like, "Have they just come from the course?" That's <laughs> kind of, kind of that, that's how dramatic this is. So I think it's going to impact on the on the crowds a bit, and that will have a, a, a slightly detrimental impact because it won't it won't create a fearsome atmosphere for the Americans. It sounds like um, it's
1: one to watch on the TV, doesn't it? I mean, that, that One of the last times we spoke was when those trees fell down at Augusta. Well, Hopefully so. that stand stays up.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. And then your second question actually leads in a little bit. Charlie Hull is expecting a lot of fans because um, she thinks a lot of a lot of British people and a lot of Scandinavians are going to fly down here. So she, she's confident of that. I think she knows that a lot of family and friends of hers are going to come. And she is one of the big draw cards this week. Um, her and georgia Hall are, are, are both fantastically good records in this tournament. So Lianne Maguire, had a really good debut and um, the Irish player um two years ago she she won all the matches um there's there's a, a Swedish girl called Lynn grant who um she probably played with Maya Stark, who's a childhood friend of hers, and they went to school with Ludwig ober, you know the, the big the big Swedish um, thrill that's going to be at the Ryder Cup. So uh, an, an immense fortnight for this Helsingborg school that have got three players competing. And then on the American side, you, people will know Lexi Thompson. She's got actually quite a poor record in this event, especially in the last two years. Um, Nellie Corder, will, the Americans will hope, is a big a big draw card. She's had, she had a good debut four years ago uh, at Glen Eagles. And then they've got... Two or three rookies who, who have the potential to be really good. Rose Zhang almost certainly will, will hit the top of the world rankings at some point. Um, Lillian Vu already has, and she's won two majors this year. And the third would be Alison Kuppers, who has won a major this year. So those are the three who I think, if, I think if they have really, really good weeks, it could be America's week. But otherwise, I, I suspect Europe are going to just have, have the edge. Step into the world of power, loyalty.
1: got one message coming today. It's actually just made me giggle when uh, you were talking there. Um, Gavinho says, can't help but think that Matt looks like the love child of James and Dave today. <laughs> the the glasses, the hat and uh, everything else. No, it's, it's all right. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it's some special...
0: With,
2: uh, with, with, uh, with uh, a little touch of... Yeah, with a little touch, I'm slightly conscious that um, my shirt's right. I'm, I'm, I'm in quite an awkward position here. It was the only way that I could get the screen at any sort of angle, and my shirt's pushing up, giving me a sort of slight hunchback. So <laughs> hard, hard luck the, the the love child's come out with with <laughs> with, with, with bad eyesight, l- likes to wear a cap, and unfortunately a bit of a hunchback.
1: TT, you got some questions yeah. from that. Yeah, I've got, I've got a question.
0: I mean, you, you've sort of talked about this a little bit so far, um, the home advantage thing. Because I, I always think it's a massive thing in the Ryder Cup because if you look at the, the last eight Ryder Cups, seven have been won by the home team. Now, I was looking at the Solheim Cup and it's 4-4. Four, four, so basically, you know, four for the home team, four for the away team. It's almost like it's not, it doesn't have an effect. Is that possibly because of the crowds? Are they not as wily in setting the course up in favour or is there any reason for that?
2: I, I think it's both of those things, actually. Um, so this is the this is the fourth home Solomon cup i've been to and um i think you would almost argue um even though europe have won two of those really should have won three as i was saying um, i don't think the course an, 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 on any of those occasions was set up to favor the europeans um they might they might have said that they did it but i don't i, I don't think it came that way at all and then the the crowds are the crowds are a big they're big for the women's game, but they're not enormous and they're, they're not as raucous as you get at the Ryder Cup. So I think both of those factors play in that it's not it's not as um it's it's not to the same degree as it is in the Ryder Cup at all.
0: I did notice as well that um the uh the Ping Junior um Solheim Cup yeah. Europe had quite a big win there. Um 159, that was that was also in Spain, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, so that finished yesterday, and that was a bit of a shock. I mean, they retained the the cup for what it's worth, um, but I think it matters so much in that in that sense, because it's very rarely the same players, but uh, they've kind of changed the the tide there, because America had won six before that, so um, that's that's kind of quite a good... A boost, a good yeah, yeah, a bit
0: of a boost, maybe. Yeah, that, well, that's about my questions. All, all I had really. Just, okay. I was just curious about that home advantage thing because I, I really do lean on that for the a, a bet in the Ryder Cup, but it
1: just doesn't seem as strong in this one. What well, we're going to go for for the correct score? Then let's get some value out of
2: this. Uh, the betting markets mm. here, Matt. What, what's your prediction? Well, I would, I would say, I, I, I do fancy Europe to squeeze it, but I'm, I, I would be very surprised if it's. If it's a run, uh, run away. But so um, I'd be looking at something like fifteen, thirteen. If 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 we were going to go for um, for um, the correct score, um, it's it's it doesn't have the it doesn't have the feel. I don't think that that this is going to be be one that um, either of the sides gets too far away from the other. And I, also, I think it is. Like I said, I I really do think that. I'd be very, very surprised if anybody plays five matches. And I would even say if somebody does play five matches, I'd I'd be looking to oppose them in the fourth match and possibly in the fifth match as well because I think it's going to be really, really hard work. And there's been a lot of talk, actually. It's not just the players. The, the caddies are going to have an immense job on their hands if, if they attempt to carry the bag round for 36 holes twice and then 18 holes. So 15-13, I think, would be the, the, the one I'd go for.
0: If no one's playing five times, does that mean there's a bit of value in some of the outsiders for top
2: score? Because it's it's not a bad point that yeah, I did I did kind of contemplate that a bit, and um, you and I have both been looking at. Funny if I was looking at a tweet that you sent to me just a little bit earlier. It's by I think by Hunter Mayhans or Old Caddy, uh, he, he's he's looked at this course from the point of view of foursomes, and very persuasively suggested that. Um, is it, um good putters should. Was it the even holes, Dave? Um, good yeah, right. play the even holes because they'll just be potting. They'll be they'll be the first putter time and time again. Whereas they almost never will be on the on the odd holes. And he was like saying it's the most straightforward split he's ever seen at a, a similar course like this. So that's that's one thing to look at. Um, but but also I, I was quite surprised. I found a, a stat where Anna Nordqvist, who hits a lot of greens in regulation, I mean, my attention was first drawn to that tweet by a guy called Duncan Carey. He was a stat man. The 2018 European Ryder Cup team and he, I had a good chat with him once about you know who, who do you pair in four balls and foursomes because there's an awful lot of received wisdom about this and he was like going in in four balls it's all about people who hit lots of greens and regulation because what you want is two putts for birdie um, and and that's and anybody who chips well you probably want them playing in foursomes because there tends to be more greens missed in foursomes it's really strange I think down the years. Captains in this Solheim Cup have looked the other way. So Anna Nogfist hits a lot of greens and doesn't chip. Uh, uh, I suppose the thing is she doesn't chip very well. That's one. And they've played lots of times in foursomes, which completely does, flies against all that that stat wisdom. But when she plays four balls, she's got a brilliant record, but they don't play very often in them. And it's really, really weird that they do. But interestingly, she played three times with Caroline Hedwall in the International Crown early this year, and they won all th- uh, the, the three matches that were competitive um, so I think there's a really good chance that um, she could she could do well. And actually, Hedwell is a, Hedwell's Headwell's first two Solomon Cups were absolutely brilliant. And if she links up nicely with Anna Nordqvist, she could be like a, a sneaky outsider. Didn't she win all five? one year or something? Great? I think she did. It was either either that or she won four of four of five. She was definitely the top scorer that year. that'd be 2013, I think. Europe to
1: win 15-13, 12 to one. If you want to go on the uh, correct score market there, but uh, I think uh, the general gist is Europe should just have should the stand hold on the uh, first tee, they should just have
2: enough to uh, see off. The I, te- I tell you what, if that stand doesn't hold, I'm going to feel utterly appalling. Uh, the, the sort of the sort of the doom merchants that
1: uh, well, I think you, you could have the moral high ground. You could say I saw it coming. Yeah. Why didn't nobody else? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it stays up we don't even have to talk about it ever again. But uh, Yeah, so uh, um, anyway, good luck to the uh, Europeans. Um, have a little bit of luck to the Americans as well as they head into the uh, Solheim Cup.
2: This is Late Tea Time. The last word in golf betting with James Butler and Dave Tindall.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty,
1: let's move on then because we have the Open de France to talk about um, DT um, we, we always say don't we on a Wednesday we come as late as possible to you so that you can soak up all of the information and what have you obviously very much tied to our Solheim Cup preview as well this week but um, where is the uh, the late news and uh, views and course information taken us on the Open de France
0: yeah I, th- I think the thing I'd slightly missed in the, in the build up doing other previews is the fact that um, the Olympics is in France next Next year. And this is the course, the Golf National, where they'll be playing it. So they interviewed Tom Kim this morning and he he was really, you know, as well as trying to win this tournament, he really had his eyes on sort of using it as a bit of prep for trying to win Olympic gold. I think Koreans are quite big on the uh, on the Olympics, aren't they? Is it is it Benny Ann's parents won medals or something? Is that right, Matt? Yeah.
2: I think that's right, yeah. So no, it's, uh, it's quite a, a I was just going to say, wouldn't, it, wouldn't gold medal also mean that Tom Kim wouldn't need to to do national
0: service? Yeah, so it's, it's quite a, it's a bigger deal than just the sort of glory of having a shiny medal to claim. I'd, I'd suggest that's bigger motivation than anything else, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so he's I mean, he's, he's the favourite, so he's certainly got the uh, motivation to, to do well, and he, he does play well in Europe when he's come over. He was sixth in the Scottish Open, a runner-up in the Open Championship. I think Matt was on him that week played well at Wentworth last week when he was 18th. You know, he's got the form, the class, the motivation, so worth a look. They interviewed uh, just this afternoon, just before we came to this podcast, actually, uh, there was an, an update with a couple of more videos on the DP World Tour site. They interviewed Minwoo Lee, who I do like. Again, he was talking about the Olympics as well and how much it it meant to him watching Ryan Fox win last, last week at Wentworth. So they're sort of close and... He said they both got this sort of go for attitude, uh, so I do like him. But, but the interesting one I thought was, um, and this kind of a bit of a segue back to the uh, Solheim was uh, Victor Perez because he said uh, the Frenchman. He said he played lots of junior uh, golf uh, at the golf national, so you're very familiar with the place. And then they just mentioned, and Matt can probably elaborate here. So Celine Boutier, Matt. Mm-hmm. she won the scottish open and obviously victor perez now lives in scotland so there's some sort of maybe symmetry going on there so it could be sort of a big week for french golf in, in lots of ways i just wondered if she's playing well in the solheim it might just inspire him a little bit he did um he's played it three times and the last two he was uh really close to getting some each way money going into the final round. at did jot this down. He was so he, he was ninth after 54 holes last year, and then eleventh after 54 holes in, in the previous one. Uh, so he can play the course well. He just needs to hold it together in the final round. And he's got that pull of wanting to get back here for the Olympics. He didn't play in the Tokyo Olympics. I think it was Rosner and Langask. So he, he's yet to to play on an Olympic team. So that's a big motivation. And his form, it's not amazing, but he was, he was 11th in the Czech Masters three starts ago. He did shoot a second round 69 at, at Wentworth, even though he missed the cut. He just got off to a poor start. I think there's enough little bits, you know, little threads there to think Victor Perez might go quite well. It, it, his odds are really, often you see a bit of, it's a bit homogenised with the odds, but he varies from 28s to 50s. I know a lot of that is because of the different place terms. Hmm. And I know sometimes we do go for the place money, but I think if he's going to have a big week, he's going to have a big week. So I'd rather take that that fifty to one. I just think that's a standout price. Whereas twenty eight seems a bit short, even though you know you're getting more places. But fifty to five places, I think. What well, I think I'm happy to take that on, Victor Perez. Yeah, that's
1: bet uh, of Victor, off. isn't it,
0: Dave? Yeah, for all those bet Victor as well. Victor Perez. It's perfect, yeah. isn't it? The symmetry yeah. continues.
1: Yeah. There, there, there isn't a Bet Perez, so we'll have to go with Bet Victor. Yeah. yeah. Just, just a little
2: bit on Celine Booty. Yeah. She it was every chance she'll have a good week. And she did She did send a little warning when she looked at the golf course. She played the front nine the other day and said it's a little bit long and she's not, she's not the longest. But she's won the Evian Championship this year, her first major. Like Dave said, she won the Scottish Open. But she's got quite a lot of Scottish links um, like Victor because she... She made a debut at Glen Eagles four years ago and she was the co-top scorer um, that year um, and performed pretty well um, two years ago as well. So there's every chance she'll do well this week. She'll, she'll certainly be um, scary for the Americans if she gets on the green lots of times because she's a really, really fantastic butter. I think um, she's
0: a. I think she's 11 to 1, is she, for top scorer? I think I saw that.
2: Wow, um, yeah, well, she is. Um, it's, it's it's a funny one. Um, we were saying about that split. If she's, if she's in the foursomes... And they give her the, the, the holes where she's going to get lots of putts. That's a team that would be well worth um, looking to back because she is red hot with the putter.
1: So uh, Victor Perez then is the pick for uh, the uh, Open de France uh, this uh, over the next few days. And we fancy uh, Europe just to do the job um, where Matt is in Spain.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
2: details.
1: Enjoy the next few days, Matt. Hopefully it's it's good fun and you stay away
2: from that stand. I will do do my best, and and hopefully speak to you uh, in Rome next week.
1: Yes, because you will be there as well, won't you? So we basically kind of come asking to do it from our studio next week, DT, aren't we? We're going to do it do it properly. We're going to gather the whole hog and throw all the graphics at it next week. So we'll uh, have you live from Italy as we go uh, through our preview for the uh, Ryder Cup. I was going to go to Italy, but unlike Matt, I didn't
0: organise my travel and accommodation. Uh, about a year in advance Matt's very good at that uh, so I was priced out of it I'm afraid I did I don't know but I think they still think I'm going I got an email saying would I like to um, play in a four ball did you get that email Matt?
2: I, I got the email as did well you,
0: did you answer it? did you there's a space um, what- going apparently Yes, but not, it, not, in, not, in the not, ride, not in the Ryder cup itself. I was say. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> from Luke Donald. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he needs one more. Yeah, in the media day afterwards.
2: <laughs> yes, but it was it was so disappointing. It said that it said um, there's no higher clubs available. So yeah. that probably limited quite a lot of people straight away. I was I was more afraid that I got a very weird email from the Solheim Cup organizers saying that that meal that you had you would put a deposit on, um the, the money is now um, is now needed and the bill was like something absurd like about four thousand pounds and I have no notion of what this deposit is still I've basically just ignored it and just hopes it goes goes away I've got there's no way I've ever done anything remotely like that we'll find out next week if they have been
1: chasing you with baseball (laughs) bats (laughs) Um, anyway uh, thank you very much for joining me uh, as Matt Um, it's been good to see you we'll see you again next week enjoy your few days in Spain and then on to Italy next week and DT I will see you again next week as well yeah that's right yeah and a good look out there with all of your bets this has been a sports broadcast media production gamble responsibly late at tea time podders just enjoy the golf we don't want you to lose your houses and all that kind of stuff as well it's for a bit of fun isn't it and to try and get a little bit on top of the sporting action but we will see you for the Ryder Cup next week Always gamble responsibly. Visit BeGambleAware.org for more information. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?